All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. I'm your Romeo Savo Vadaran. And I'm the Virgin River Fanatic. <laughs> and we're your hosts. It's another very special Virgin River episode. They're all special. Yes. So this is, uh, we're recapping episodes six through 10 of the second season. Um, if you haven't listened to one through five yet, go back and listen. This will be a very confusing episode for you. Yes. And I would also recommend to listen to, we did season one Mm -hmm. and maybe I'll just re-release that episode. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And that way you can be all caught up, but you have to watch the series before you listen because we are spoiling the hell out of these shows. Yes. And it's worth it to just watch because they're really fun. Yeah. We watched these in two days. <laughs> yes. And we did that not, we, 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 we wanted to watch them the whole way through. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we wanted to just sit here and watch all 10. Oh yeah. There was no moment where I was like, oh, I can't believe there's any there's this many episodes left it got to the point where we paused it with 25 minutes left of the last episode we were like how is this possible <laughs> yeah. how is everything we love gonna get wrapped up i just realized we haven't introduced our special guest yeah i realized that a while ago <laughs> i so sat we have patiently producer patty with us as well as he always is for all of our movie episodes hello it's me i'm producer patty <laughs> i love virgin river or is it pat's Twins. Oh, oh, boy. Twins. Yeah. I don't know about the twin storyline yeah. on this season. So, Virgin River, season two in the books. Was it awesome? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Done. So, do we want to do like we did in the last episode? Go through the storyline by the love triangles? We can do that. So, well, some of these love triangles didn't actually... The only love triangle that still existed well, or Char, still exists... Jack, Shar, and Mel is, is the main love triangle. So we could talk about what our predictions were and then how it happened and what, what we think. All of Pretty much all our predictions were wrong. Oh, yeah. we Everything was wrong. We Every, had no good predictions. Everything was really wrong. We thought that Jack was going to descend into alcoholism. He had <laughs> problems with drinking for one more episode, and then that was basically it. Yep. We, he tried to kayak drunk. Yes. We but then decided not to. <laughs> yeah. We thought, we thought... That was great. I love how the alcohol episode was he was biking too hard and then wanted to kayak too much. It's like they made Jack uh, have a, a problem, but they still had a show. He is athletic and strong and awesome. And the coolest guy ever. He, they just made him more masculine. Well, the theme of this season, and I don't remember the first season being this, is where everybody tells Jack how great he is mm-hmm. and how important he is to them. Even though Jack is really only thinking about... He's not only thinking about Jack, but pretty much he does do all these things that don't make a person good. Yeah, Jack's yeah. not he's a good He's pretty person. selfish, right? There's a lot of, yeah, telling, not showing, as far as him being a decent human being. Yeah. Well, he is... Okay, so here is where... Jack is in these five episodes. He's mainly trying to bring down the logging company slash drug ring. He has an informant. He's uh, really trying to go in there. He gets knocked from behind, uh, uh, knocked out with a gun at one point. He would have, as I said, when that happened, he would have won the fight if it was face to face, but he got hit from behind. Of course. (laughs) Um, And then his, I mean, I think the big thing that shows 
Jack is maybe not a great person is continuing the way he treats Charmaine. Yes, the gaslighting continues. <laughs> Charmaine is still in a horror, a horror movie. Yeah, the gaslighting never stops. And it did... Yeah. So Charmaine ends up not living with Hope anymore, thank God. She's able to go home to her own house, which is good. And go back to work as a hairdresser. And go back to work as a hairdresser. But her friends and family send her baby gifts. <laughs> that scene is amazing. And three gigantic teddy bears. Oh yeah, they send her the most impractical. You could tell none of these are friends with children because yeah. they're not sending like boppies. They're sending just giant teddies. Yeah. And she's excited because she's excited to have these babies, and now she has a bunch of free stuff for her kids. I'm sure she's like pumped. And Jack is so upset he refuses to go into the apartment, into the house, and just leaves. Well, so he goes in, sees all this baby stuff. She's very excited. And we get various flashbacks to his military service where he had somebody under his command die and he's holding the dying um, guy in his arms. And I think the face he makes in that <laughs> scene is the exact same face he makes when he walks in and sees all these huge teddy bears <laughs> and all this baby stuff. And the face that he makes and he has to... <laughs> Go into the bathroom, and then there's like more baby stuff in that's shoved into the bathroom. He's sw- he's putting water on his face. Comes out looking a sloppy mess. And, and Charmaine is isn't doesn't she say when when he walks in and sees all the baby stuff, she's uh, just beaming and she goes, "Isn't life but a dream?" Oh, yes, she says, yeah, she says, you ask, no, she says something like... When you wish upon a star. Yeah, when you wish oh, upon the, a star. The theme is what, when you wish upon a star, yeah, which yeah. is, that was a little bit psychotic. Life gives you what you want yeah. or everything you want. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so weird how Charmaine doesn't recognize how much Jack hates her, how much he doesn't want these kids. Because he walks in, like you said, sweating, his face goes white, and she's like... Jack, isn't this the greatest theme when you wish upon a star? (laughs) I think Charmaine is in serious denial in order to keep try to keep her sanity. And (laughs) because I think there's a lot of stuff going on in her head and a lot of things going on when we cut away from her where she's really trying to just not go nuts. When this whole town, like we've said previously, this whole town is if not out to get her, definitely does not root for her happiness or her best interest. Yes. Yeah, it is a little bit like the Virgin River is conducting some kind of sociological experiment on Charmaine to see if they could drive her crazy. Yeah, can they break her? <laughs> and so it's like she escapes the house she was trapped in the first five episodes. Uh, Jack uh, goes crazy when he sees the uh, teddy bears. But the the other big thing in these episodes is Jack is buying a house. For the twins. For the twins. So his babies. His twin babies. Not for Charmaine. No. So he buys Not the for house. Charmaine. For the twins. We're not talking about Charmaine. We're talking about the twins. <laughs> so he buys a house that is in between where her hair salon is and his bar is. And never tells her about it. He goes through so many things to get the money to buy this house. Never tells her until the he last He has a minute. renter set up that falls, a- <laughs> that falls through before he even he puts a, a down payment. <laughs> he should also not be buying this house if he is that dependent on the rental income to be ordered 
to pay the mortgage. And the guy, it's so funny because the real estate guy was like, uh, oh yeah, that guy that was going to rent, yeah, he found another place. So it's like, there's no other renters in Virgin River. There was the one guy who had his 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 like pick of anything he wanted. <laughs> uh, but that's also, I guess, how Mel ended up in her like little cabin that used to be a shithole. Was that was the only place to rent in the town? I guess. Yeah, I guess this space is at a, a at a premium. But we also breezed past another psychotic scene with Jack and Charmaine, which is when they go to Mel to decide on their birth plan. Oh, <laughs> right. And Charmaine is terrified of hospitals because she watched her mother die in a hospital, which is like understandable. Yes, this makes sense. I get it. Like, I still think you should probably have. She should have the baby in the hospital. The baby's in the hospital because she is high risk. But like. You got to talk to her about why she's scared. And instead, Jack just says, no children of mine are going to be born in a kiddie pool. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, you don't care about these kids. Yeah, he was so upset that Charmaine wanted a doula. Yeah. Yeah, no child of mine is going to be born with a doula. <laughs> what do you give a shit, Jack? Like, you're going to be in the room. Right. You're Fuck gonna, off. You're going to have to help Preacher because it's busy at the bar that <laughs> yeah. morning. You're not going to be at the delivery. Yeah. That was... And then Charmaine, like, agreed... To whatever harebrained plan it was. Well, it wasn't harebrained. It was they because uh, well, Mel give birth in the office. She was going to give birth <laughs> in the in office, Doc's office in Doc's on office. The, yeah, not even in a bed, just on the examining table. And they were going to make sure to have the ambulance on speed dial in case something happened to the Which babies. isn't every ambulance on speed dial. Yeah, well, I guess they didn't have that speed dial technology until right now. <laughs> they, they did say the ambulance would be outside. The ambulance would oh, be outside, yeah. they would yeah. stand by. Yeah. Gas would be, it would be, yeah, it would be running. The exhaust would be leaking into the, <laughs> <laughs> the office. And again, it is her nurse... Ismail, who is the woman who stole the father of her children away from her. No, did no. Uh, well, did, he's in love. Jack is in love yeah, with Mel, yeah. and but Mel didn't steal anything. No, I don't no, think Mel, Mel didn't, didn't, didn't do anything wrong. But yeah. but the fact that it's Mel making her birth plan mm-hmm. is yeah. again another part of Virgin River Towns' experiment to drive this woman insane. <laughs> because yeah, other women give birth in Virgin River. Is and what did they do before Mal? The, you do see a birth happening in that, like doctor's office yeah. parlor, which is was just an insane scene as well because yeah. this is this shouldn't be allowed. You don't have a nursery, no, right? There's no NICU in the water closet. You could see his coffee maker in the kitchen <laughs> while you're standing in the delivery area, yeah. Right. So also just give birth at home, which is fine. No, no, I don't think it's fine. (laughs) I don't think any baby should be birthed into a kiddie pool. (laughs) I totally forgot that Jack did that too. That it's poor Charmaine. Also, Jack, but Jack does toy with her emotions. Like I feel like he always has because he like gives her a puppy. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh, (laughs) I love this puppy." And she's pumped about the she's dog. Like, what what should we name him? And Which he's is just normal. like she reacts normally yes. in situations and people act like she's psychotic. <laughs> and people act psychotic towards her and people act like it's normal. If you okay, so <laughs> if if you are a no, just if you are like a, a, a Virgin River super fan like we are and you've watched the series, email us anything that Charmaine has done. That hasn't made some amount of sense, mm-hmm. right? Because I, that's the thing is like she is talking sense and nobody will act like she is making a point. 
everything is always, well, what does Jack think? Or what does Mel think? Or what does Doc think? Or what does Hope think? And it's never like, oh, Charmaine has a point. No one has ever said Charmaine has a point, right? So he, so Doc comes over to Hope's house. This was like before she goes and gets a puppy and all this stuff. Comes over to, to Hope's house because Charmaine has a, a, like a checkup. And she's in the shower. And this is a woman who'd been in bed with her hair flat to her face yeah. for like a week, two weeks. She goes to take a shower because maybe she wants to feel clean, feel better about herself because she has a little bit more energy. Doc comes in, who's late already. He's already late because he's like, oh, it was supposed to start 10 minutes ago. Well, where were you, Doc? Mm-hmm. And then she, then she's like, well, she's in the shower. And Hope goes, using all my hot water and Mel Doc and her all like roll their eyes at Charmaine. It's like, she's this pregnant woman who was sick, who just wants to take a shower. She just wants to be clean for to leave the house. Like Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. It is unfathomable the way that they treat her. It is. And also it's like, you have to think from her character's point of view, like she doesn't know what happens with Jack and Mel because basically she only hears from Jack who straight up lies to her face constantly so like that she thinks things that are like differently about the situation makes sense because she is given bad information. Yes. And so then, she, okay. Sorry. So let's just continue with this because I think we <laughs> have to fill in even more of this because yeah, Charmaine has become her own love triangle now. <laughs> well, it's like between herself, sanity and everybody else. <laughs> That's the love triangle. So he's going to buy this house, right? But Charmaine, because she's looking out for herself, is kind of realizing that Jack is not going to be as involved as she wants, will never really be in love with her. She's maybe going to move to Portland, have a great life, hopeful spinoff, right? Where she can mm-hmm. just have fun in the city, throw her oh. hat in the air and be a working woman. Yeah, Charmaine and, you know, would kill it in Portland. She'd be giving out asymmetrical haircuts. Oh, it'd be great. Oh, yeah, she'd have such a good time. So she's got this opportunity and Hope goes to get her hair trimmed because she, for whatever reason, I think she's having like a romantic dinner with Doc or something. And Charmaine tells Hope that she's thinking of moving, which you can't tell Hope anything. So I understand maybe this is weird for Charmaine to do. I think Charmaine did it because she wanted Jack to find out and she didn't want to tell Jack. Yeah. And she knew Hope would spill the beans. Yeah. There's no, the way that she told Hope after Hope was like, please don't tell me. And then Charmaine did it anyway. Like Charmaine was doing that on purpose. Because I am, (laughs) Hope is like, you can't tell me anything. I am a 70 year old woman who cannot keep any sort of secret or not get involved with any level of gossip. Mm -hmm. Also, I am the mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I do the town budget. (laughs) And as we learn, everything in the town is underfunded. The sheriff has no resources. The sheriff never has any resources. The hospital is so far away. And And according to Connie, there are so many bodies in the woods around Virgin River. Yeah, we'll get it. But so let's just follow this thread really fast. We got it. So... So she's maybe going to move and Hope is like, I got to tell him, I got to tell him he's going to buy a house. He's Jack's going to buy a house. So I need to tell him. But this is, so Jack goes over to help fix the Charmaine sink. She has the puppy. He mentions the house because he gets a call about the house. And he's like, no, I'll get the paperwork out. She's like, what are you buying? He's like, I'm buying a house and it's going to (laughs) be in between, you know, it's going to be for the twins. It's in between the bar and the... And she's looking at him, like, she's like, okay, so, 
she's thinking and she's like, well, maybe he is like wants to be part. So she goes and kisses him and he's acting like, oh, well, well, what are you doing? And she's just like, okay, well, you said that you were buying a house for us to live in. And he goes, no, I never said that. I said, I'm buying a house for the twins. (laughs) They're going to live there by themselves. They're just going to crawl around in their diapers by themselves. And then you're just going to meet halfway. Like, what are you doing? And then she's like. But not talking about this plan, which is like, I've heard of divorced couples who like, there's a house. And then the parents like each have a, like an apartment and they come and live in the house so that the kids have a consistency. That's fine. Like, that's a setup that you can do. Yeah. You need to tell the other parent that that's happening. Yes, not before you spring do it on it. them. And then, and then try to get them to figure out that that's where you were going by, I bought us a house halfway between both of our workplaces. And yes. he, she's like, oh, you want me to live there too? <laughs> no, you psycho. Of course not. What? And also, gotta- he was so mad. He was like, I can't believe you called me over to fix your sink. It's like, she's a pregnant woman. <laughs> I know. She needs a sink. Just because she still looks fabulous, yeah. even though she's pregnant, people are forgetting that she's carrying two human lives yeah. inside her. And maybe she and, wants to do dishes. And working full time. Yes. Now, we well, not full time, a few days a week, but yeah. still, she's working. It's insane. She here, needs a sink. Real quick. And then he has the temerity. To say, listen, I've been nothing but straightforward with you. That about is, it. <laughs> he's Jack, up, if he's that is straightforward, you do leading. not know what a squiggly line looks like. <laughs> he is, oh my God. Because we we knew about the the house being bought way before Charmaine did. Mm-hmm. Like three episodes before she knew. I at no point thought... That it was going to be anything other than the two of them living there with the kids. I did not. (laughs) When he said, we are not living together there, I was as confused as Charmaine. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Who's living there? Because he lives over the bar. So what is he? He's like, I cannot live anywhere then other than above my bar <laughs> well because he needs to be able to not be late for work and that's the only way <laughs> although he sometimes is late for work even though he lives over his his actual bar it's such an expensive plan it's like charmaine you have to continue <laughs> renting your apartment yeah you cannot live in this house that <laughs> no. i bought the the only one who definitely will be living there is my renter <laughs> yeah. on the second floor <laughs> He's there with the twins. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he didn't ask, like, by the way, do you know anybody who can rent the top floor? <laughs> if you want to rent the top floor, Charlie, you can rent it, but we are not living together. Yeah, yeah. And you are not officially living with the twins. The twins own the house. Uh, yeah, you know, that'd be too close of a relationship. I don't really want you to be my renter. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's insane the lack of communication that Jack just shows up scowls at her she asks a very sane question like hey will you show up to help the birth plan or hey can you fix this thing that's been inconveniencing me and he refuses and gets so mad at her yeah although mel is pretty convinced that he's going to be an outstanding father (laughs) he won't be he does not have it in him not everyone should be a parent and jack should not be a parent so i think we could put a pin in the charmaine storyline though with the awesome speech that she gives mm-hmm. Jack in that scene. After oh, he says, I've been nothing but straight with you. You ain't living in the house I just bought. She finally self-actualizes 
and says this is this is it. Well, does anybody remember exactly what she yeah, says? Yeah, she says one day I'm going to meet someone and I'll marry him and then he will be the twins' father and then from there we will figure out where you might fit in. Yeah, she goes I want she goes I want a husband and he goes I want that for you. Oh. Remember, he says something like that, right? Said, that's exactly it. She yeah. says, "I want a husband." He says, "I want that for you," and she and just then she's is like, done. Whoever I marry will be the twin's father, and we'll see how you fit in. And we applaud. And then we, she said, "And show yourself out of my yeah. house." Yes, we, we legitimately all started applauding to the point where then my parents are on the other side of the house, and they were like, "What happened in the show that you guys all started yelling?" Yeah. I was like, it was a great speech. Yeah, that was a wonderful moment. That was really cathartic to see. Yeah, so Char- so she's hopefully finally out of this horror show. Yeah. Um, I, I here's I'll make not a concession, but Clayton, me and you have been team Mel for two seasons now, and yeah. I am still team Mel in terms of it should be Mel and Jack. Yes. Yes. But. When it comes to this town versus Charmaine, I am Team Charmaine now. Yes. I am so happy to see that she may... I mean, the psychological effects of what Virgin River did to her (laughs) will last forever. But I, I am happy to see that Charmaine may survive this. Yes. I think she'll be stronger, too. I think she will hopefully move to Portland... And, uh, and um, really just become the person that she should be. Right. I'm ready for the Charmaine in Portland spinoff. Listen. I think I mean, it'd be fun. Yeah, I would love that. So all this time, so we have then Mel. Mel is going through her stuff as well. The anniversary of Mark, her husband's death comes up. Mm-hmm. And she's having a real hard time with it because she, you know, it's been a year and it's been really tough. She decides to do something special the day before the anniversary. Cause she doesn't want the anniversary to be anything but just a normal day. So he loved to sail. So she has hope take an old toy sailboat. Yes. And then Mel fashions a sail out of a, um, Bob Seeger and the silver bullet band t-shirts. That was his T-shirt. That was his T-shirt. So that T-shirt, it makes it a sale, and then they put it onto the the river, I yeah. guess, which is nice. I mean, it's a fitting tribute. And we think she's finally over Mark. But then the day of the anniversary, she comes in from her run. Her, probably, I think it's probably one of her short runs, so it's about 25 miles. <laughs> <laughs> she comes in, and we have, I think, our first song that is not a public domain song. It is a Lizzo song, mm-hmm. which was very surprising. Mm-hmm. They upped the uh, budget on this because they definitely... They, really, they picked like three pop songs that they wanted and they were like, the entire budget will go to this and the rest of them, you just have to go to Clips R Us. And we, and we had Mel getting down, mm-hmm. showing a little bit of spunk, showing a little bit of, I don't know, what would you say that? What would you say? She's shaking feeling her herself. Hips. Yeah. yeah, she's feeling herself. And then she sees something in the mail and is devastated. And it turns out it's something that was for Mark, had his name on it, and it had been the the post office had, you know, sent it to to her new address. And she just falls to pieces. 
And then I think eventually, though, her and Jack do get to the point where she says, I love you. He's loved her since the first day he met her. So they are, I think, officially together. Mm -hmm. They are together. Yeah. I think, yeah, you, you can't do will they or won't they anymore. I did start to feel by the back half of the season that there wasn't really anything sensible that was keeping them apart. You know, it other was than Mark's it, ghost. Other yeah, and I mean the thing is Mark's ghost, she loved Mark, but it's clear that Mark's ghost wasn't going to be enough. Like the the episode where she she uh had a deal with the, his death anniversary and she set the little sailboat out on the water. You had like 10 seconds of her like looking at it. She's very sad. And then she gets a call from Jack. And, and and she was out there with Doc and Hope because it was Hope's boat and they're all looking at it together. And then she gets a, a call from Jack and she's like, okay, listen, I got to go. And Hope's <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. Just go, you get yourself well, yeah. Bye, bye, bye. It's like, yeah, Mark's ghost is not going to be enough to keep her away from Jack. And they had that scene where you see Mark on his sailboat kind of going away so he's sailing away and he looks and you know that that's him saying goodbye or hurriedly saying goodbye to him yeah that mark is basically whatever kate winslet's character's husband was in titanic where he doesn't matter the only one again who matters is jack yeah so that's that's what's happening with bell and jack until i mean are we going to talk about what happens at the very end of this? Oh, we yeah. got to, yeah. Okay, so so at the very end they, you know, they've had they've made love again. She has no food in her cabin, so they're going to go to Jack's bar. He's going to make him steaks. He's in the kitchen. She's somewhere else. I don't know where she went, but she she wasn't there. And when he hears someone coming in, he says, "Mel, I'm back here." It wasn't Mel. We don't know who it was. But Mel comes back later with some booze. So I guess she was out getting champagne or something. And she sees Jack on the floor behind the bar with a bullet hole in his gut. Yeah. So we don't know. I mean, that was how they left it. What What is going to... I mean... Who even was it, though? Well, I mean, Jack was trying to take down a drug empire. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it was yeah. definitely one of... It was like it could have been Brady. Well, Brady, though... Okay, so... I don't think it was Brady, but I mean, Jack has a very clear enemy. It's yeah. Like he's got a, a, a drug gang that he was trying to break up that he basically... He did... Him and his, his ex-Marine buddy who's in the LAPD, it seems like they were at the end of the season finale, you had cracked the case. They had an informant. Yeah. They had a distribution method. So it seemed like Jack had won. And I just guess someone from the drug logging company shot him. Yeah. Well, because they were about to make all the arrests. And yeah. I think they must have, like, maybe they got tipped off or something. So Calvin maybe. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's Brady because they... Brady was given the task of killing the informant... Because they bring this informant to a open grave. They say, <laughs> Brady, here, here's a rifle. You do your business. We want to see if you're loyal. 
but we don't want to actually see it in real life because we're all going to leave and just leave you yeah. to killing him. We're and then gonna we're going to assume that happened. Scouts on or you tell us that you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Virgin River drug gang thing where they're like, listen, we still got to get home early. Yeah. You know, we can't stay out too late. Well, one of the guys had to get there, get had to leave early to pick up a certain bartender at Jack's place who was hired supposedly a week ago, although we saw him in every episode prior to this, to infect right. the people at Jack's bar with some weird disease that we don't know what it was, but watching this in COVID times, we're all afraid that this was COVID coming to Virgin River. But it wasn't. Thank but it was not. Thank God. It was food poisoning by sort of by rash so this guy george had a rash <laughs> on his hands it was so confusing they never buttoned that up and i feel like that was i was really left hanging like i got that it was george was had been put there to mess things up but why did they have to why did he have to have a rash on his hand did he mess up or did he like, because here's what happens. Okay. We have an episode. I totally forgot about the food poisoning it, episode. This was not the strongest episode. I that. liked it. I liked it. Where, you, a, yeah. where a bunch of people from the town came into the doctor's office, and that's not normally what happens. Normally, they have one or two patients, you know. Jack Normally, and, Doc is watching television in his office all day. Yeah, when Jack and Mel can have their kind of romantic fights, Charmaine can come in and, you know, they can have these, like, 45-minute conversations with no other patients around. But there's people from the jump in there all, like, grabbing their stomachs, you know. Some look like one or two of them had toothaches. <laughs> but the uh, extras did not know what it means what to be sick. Was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they show up and they are trying to trace where this could have happened. And it turns out that it came from Jack's bar. They think it was the beet salad because everybody said they had the beet salad. Which, I mean... All these people ate the beet salad. I just don't feel like these. Some of the people they showed ain't never ate a beet in their life. <laughs> they should. I don't get why the writers didn't say it was from the hamburger. Yeah, it was right. from the hamburger. I believe then, all those people ate a hamburger. Yes. I don't believe all those people are having the berry beet salad. <laughs> no, that's what it was. The berry beet salad. And so that we thought. Well, at first we were like, well, okay. So we thought it was from Paige's truck because Lizzie has been. Uns- put in charge of the truck unsupervised and she closes at like noon every day <laughs> just on a whim <laughs> and so we were like oh Jack gets all their stuff like all their muffins and all that stuff and pies from Paige's truck so it's gotta be Lizzie fucking up and it wasn't it was just George who uh, had a rash on his hands and then so they they uh, uh, he runs out though like it's so weird the scene it's hard to explain so she goes and talks to Doc about it and she's like he's here with the with the hand thing and he had he had um, symptoms but then they went away I think he might be the source and then they go back to see him and he has run out the front door and one of the drug guys is there to pick him up and George is just kind of like see ya <laughs> and we're like Wait. why did he even show up. 
at the doctor's office to tip them off. Well, it's not, she doesn't even call Doc, which would be okay because he's another healthcare provider and you can share medical information with another healthcare provider. She calls his boss. So HIPAA does and does not exist in Virginia. Oh, she calls Jack. Because right. yeah, you can't call somebody's boss when they come in sick. Like, that's really bad. That's- but, yeah. but it's she loves Jack, though. It's so it's bizarre her- to be like, hey, I know the person who's getting everyone sick. So come talk to him. And like there was a lot in that. I like I think that just that wasn't the strongest episode just because there was so much that was such a big leap because it was also it's like well it's also shortness of breath so of course we all think COVID but then we're all like she's so she's like it, it wasn't foodborne illness and it's like well what the hell was he doing do you think that they had to do like a weird editing chop up job with this because of COVID that they had this written and then they had to figure something out and it just didn't work because they didn't want it to be close to COVID or they didn't want it to be, it's, I don't know. It I, seemed it's so bizarre. Well, what else? I mean, it, I, I mean, I still think they wrote and produced this before COVID because it, it makes sense for it to be food poisoning because they wanted to do the storyline where it was an infection coming from Jack's bar. It's so weird though. How I mean, I guess it's just the context of us watching it in this time. Mm-hmm. But it felt for so long like this was going to be them revealing it's a COVID uh, outbreak yeah. in Virgin River. It's just so weird that that it, it in so many ways was described as being close to what The COVID shortness does. of breath thing is yeah. what freaked me out. And I was not comfortable with it only because... It is like, you know, it's too close to home. I don't yeah. want COVID to hit Virgin River. It just yeah. that just is not something I want to see ever. No, and that's an elderly population. That's a high-risk population. Yeah, I mean, Connie's done. Hope is done. Yeah. Muriel's done. So, okay, so we had that, which was really a weird non-starter. Although, George, earlier, in one of the earlier episodes, they asked George to cover the bar because Ricky is off with Lizzie doing some shenanigans. Yeah, George so, seemed like a great employee. And George seemed like he had been there for ever. That they just cast this guy and he was going to become a character like Ricky because we didn't see Ricky last season. No, and I could have done without Ricky after these pa- these last five episodes. Okay. I'm done with Ricky. Do we want to quickly then talk about Ricky and Lizzie? Yeah, the let's most get, yeah. disappointing. Let's get and, okay, so. They just let all of the steam out of that balloon where I thought it was really going some interesting places. And then they were like, let's just do actually fucking none of that. Well, because Lizzie was set up to be this cool agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. A, a true bad girl because mm-hmm. she had a flirtation with Brady. We guessed that it was going to be a Brady, Ricky, Lizzie triangle. Yeah. And Ricky was going to get hurt by the drug people. I thought for sure Lizzie was going to lead us to a place where, yeah, Ricky is mutilated. And I also think I thought Brady was going to knock up Lizzie. I think you agree yes. with me on that one. Yeah, too. So instead what happens... Is oh, and we did. I, I think we did guess that something was gonna bad was gonna happen to Ricky and 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 Lizzie, and they do get into what we think is a car accident or a bad car accident at the end of one of the episodes. It turns out to be a fender bender. Yeah. So that's a mis- misdirect. Yeah. And then 
she is not interested in Brady at all. She just wants to hang out with Ricky and lose her virginity to him. And she doesn't do anything else like really bad the rest of the time. They no, just she have, eats sweets. She just eats sweets, shows Ricky Stranger Things. They have sex. <laughs> that was a little bit too much cross promotion. Like yeah. they, let them let them watch uh, something on the WB or something not on. Well, no, WB doesn't exist. Yeah, WB hasn't <laughs> existed for like a decade. <laughs> let let them watch something on Peacock. It doesn't have to be. Netflix. I mean, Stranger Things. Like said, if they would have yeah, been let them like watch a Quibi show, let's watch. <laughs> Let's have some Quibi shorts. What's Quibi? Oh, they're just bite-sized uh, entertainment. They're quick bites. They're quick bites. Um, I think they should have watched something more like, if they were really trying to push Netflix shows, they would have been like, oh, the Kaminsky Method? You never saw the Kaminsky <laughs> Method? It won a lot of Golden Globes. Um, yeah, but it is just, it turns into such a nothing story that somehow becomes one of the main storylines, and it is so odd because... There's nothing there. Ricky's a putz. Ricky's a putz, but also it's like they are 18 and 19 years old. Like, I think if you age them down and they're like 15, 16 and sneaking around and having sex, I'd be like, okay, this is a little bit more scandalous. But like, I'm sorry, an 18 and a 19 year old, like having sex seems like normal. I think so. And and it's bizarre that they, like, if anything, it's just a creepy flowers in the attic situation where I'm like, why are these adults having to ask permission to bone? Yes, and and Connie, we'll get into Connie when we talk about Preacher because (laughs) she's got such a split personality. She is giddy when it comes to covering up a murder, yet if you have sex out of wedlock as an adult, it is so sinful. And that was just so crazy because we started to really like Connie, right? Connie started being cool, yeah, but then she would just have these things where she'd be like, Ricky is a bad kid and he's all this. It's like, Ricky is an adult. He's not bad. He's going to maybe lose his job because he uh, is is, a bad employee and should probably lose his job. But also, he's 18 and he's got this hot, the hottest chick to ever step foot into uh, Virgin River that is anywhere close to his age. Of course he's going to do stupid shit. He's a kid. Why not? Well, he's not, yeah, he's a kid, but they're 20. That's true. He's not a kid. Well, he's he's, 18. Yeah, they're kids there are definitely kids on the spectrum of the average age in virgin river yeah like they they i guess that's the thing is like they're 19 so we're looking at them as like not kids but the average age in virgin river is like 59 yeah exactly so they are like the equivalent of like nine-year-olds they might as well be in diapers yeah yeah it's yeah it's and so connie is on a rampage against her niece being on birth control i'm like one she's 19 and two she's not your child like what how would she have any say in any medical care that she gets or any decisions she makes it's so bizarre but then that never even comes back because it's not even like okay well now they have sex and oops like she gets pregnant which is like i could do with like three less oopsie babies in virgin river that's true really we should start putting birth control in the water. These women (laughs) are too fertile and they just make bad decisions. But they're like, no, we used a condom. I know. Okay, so then why do you need to be on birth? Like you don't necessarily need to be on birth control. It's so bizarre how like there were so many things set up and none paid off. And then they set up for the third season is that now they're not allowed to see each other and they're going to be sneaking around. And it's like, 
That's creepy. They're too old to be sneaking yeah, around. Yeah, that's gross. Because they'll be even older by the time season three comes. They're going to be like 26 years old sneaking around. Yeah. Right. So. It's like I can rent a car. I think I'm going to have sex with this person. As, and, and it's also just they they never intersect with any other stories. Like mm-hmm. this, Virgin River is so good about like everyone's always intertwining. You always bounce off the main storyline a little. But like Ricky and Lizzie were just like just quarantined off into her bedroom for the whole series. Right. She would just text him to come over in the middle of a shift and he would. Yeah. And but face no consequences. Yeah. Which is so... I'm like, I'm surprised they didn't hire George back. Like, the staffing issues at Jack's are <laughs> I know. Well, Jack's always gone. Preacher is holding that place down. Yeah. He's, so Let's Preacher, talk Preacher. I mean, Preacher is a star. And he's juggling everything. He is, He has probably the most serious thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yet he works the most hours at Jack's. Yeah. Is the most responsible. Cooks it, all the food is a chef, as we established last chef. episode. Cooks all the food... For the town, pretty much. Like, he feeds most of the townspeople most of their meals. So much so that even after there is a outbreak at Jack's, the next day, everybody's at Jack's eating <laughs> their meals. They're like, Every isn't that funny? Meals. Like, how did you, yeah, how did your suppliers even get the food back after you threw everything away? I know, because Preacher went through his fridge and he threw away everything. He also grows. We, we find oh, yeah. out he grows all of the food that he then cooks to serve all the meals to all the people of Virgin River. And he yeah. checks the soil like twice a <laughs> I day. I love how he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I test the soil twice a day. How do you even test soil? And how do what? You, and how do you have time to test know, soil twice also, a day you at your house? He's running back and forth from his house to the bar. <laughs> He's a full-time <laughs> farmer. I had no idea he is a full-time farmer that grows all the food for the town. Yes, and also he has hid a dead body. He is Connie the town busybody deciding that she wants to insert herself in this mm-hmm. and tries to come up with an he's trying to keep her from incriminating herself, incriminating himself. He is the only black guy in Virgin River. So I'm also it's like this is not a great like I don't love this for you. This is very dangerous. You well, are he, a minority in a small town in Northern California. Like this could go bad. He does get an offer from the restaurateur that comes to visit, who mm-hmm. is hopefully going to be his romantic interest. She's hot. She dresses amazing. She's sophisticated. She's yeah. cosmopolitan. She's from the big city. He mm-hmm. should go where he will be respected yes. more because he even he gets offered a job by her to start working at a restaurant in, with a person that she knows. He would start on the line, but she says, listen, you'll move up really fast. And he, Preacher's not a guy who's going to say, he's not like, Brady, who's like, make me the manager immediately, even mm-hmm. though I've no, I've never shown any sort of responsibility whatsoever. So that happens, and he's thinking, okay, well, this is an opportunity, but you know what? I'm gonna be a good guy. Me and Jack are basically brothers. I'm gonna ask and see if why don't we make this bar a partnership? Because number one. I'm always here and Jack is never here. And he profits completely on a place that he is barely at. And I do everything. So maybe 50-50 would be fair. <laughs> like Jack is basically a licensing deal. He's <laughs> yeah. not even the owner anymore. So Jack then 
of course, he he does gaslight Preacher in a way, too, where he's like... He doesn't no. even say, like, uh, let me think about it. He's like, no, that would just be complicated. Well, complicated as in you wouldn't get all of the profits and yeah. pay him a salary. Like, like, does he pay him for all of the beets he's growing for the berry beet salad? That's complicated. It's, it's too complicated. complicated. It's complicated. He was like, it would complicate our friendship. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be just, like, existing entirely off your labor now, which is working out very well for me. I'm too busy pining over the nurse and knocking yeah. up this woman. I got this gaslighting I'm doing over here. It's taking up a lot of my my time. It's too much to keep track of. He's like, listen, I'm only here in case Mel walks in and wants a shot. Then we'll both do a shot and then make out. Plus, of course, as a small business uh, owner, bar owner, my main um, focus is busting the drug <laughs> runners who are maybe encroaching into the town, but not actually encroaching into the like, town. That's the weird thing is like, they have this pot farm that they set up that now is in, has moved on from pot because pot became legal in California, so like nobody cares to fentanyl, which is like a, a bad drug. You never see it affect the town ever. There's nobody in the town who's overdosing. There's no one in the town who's losing their house because of drugs. Everyone seems more mostly in, not affected by the drug trade at all. And it's like maybe if you just left them alone. Nothing would continue to happen as nothing is happening yeah. now. Or they're all high-functioning fentanyl addicts, which <laughs> might make me understand why they are fucking with Charmaine. Because maybe Charmaine <laughs> is the only person not on fentanyl. <laughs> I think we cracked it. Well, like, the yeah, the only uh, effect of the drug trade that we see on Virgin River is that one tweaker who he does wander towards the doc- doctor's office. He attacks uh mel jack fights him off but then the drug gang they do kill that guy which we're not condoning murder here but like they seem to be on the ball in terms of knowing listen we don't want to have any real problems affect virgin river we're gonna take care of it like they're i would say at this point jack is so overreacting let the logger drug gang do what they're doing they're doing okay yeah because i think they killed the guy who got out of line yeah they they don't want any trouble from jack and jack shouldn't they want don't any want trouble to upset from them. mayor knows nothing about any of this nothing that has no idea this is going on is not concerned by the drug trade she's very concerned with just <laughs> running into room dick first <laughs> yeah which is how she does everything i've she never seen a woman everything walking so like yeah her groin fur like groin first like i've never seen that it is insane just yeah her she will bust into every room like she's been expected and then just yeah interesting character choice i love hope though i'm oh, so yeah. in on hope oh hope is psychotic but she's so much fun to watch she is borderline personality so disorder. we'll get to her and doc oh, that'll sorry. probably be our last so, our last oh. one because we got to talk about preacher and the continuing um I guess, saga of Wes's dead body, which in these five episodes, do they find a body and it turns out to be the tweaker's body. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, the body is not Wes's body. But then since they have people searching the woods, they're looking for leads as to who killed the tweaker and they find the car that Wes was in 
that he let go into the woods. Now, remember one one note, though. So before they do find Wes, uh, Wes's body in the car that uh, Preacher had put there, uh, Preacher, you know, he's nervous they're eventually going to find the body. And Connie goes to him to try and reassure him. <laughs> she goes, they'll never find anything First of all, Sheriff has no resources. So. Of course, we all know this. <laughs> so he couldn't, even if he wanted to. And also, those woods are filled with bodies. <laughs> and that's never <laughs> mentioned again. And we are left to assume that Virgin River is so much more vi- has so much more of a violent past than we expected. Yeah, a comment that we reacted strongly to, but Preacher and Connie did not at all <laughs> react to that. So... Connie, who's seen more violence than one woman ever should. Well, how many how many murders has she helped cover up? Because that is the time that she is herself. Yes. <laughs> Connie, Connie is more in herself when she is trying to come up with fake alibis for people <laughs> to cover up murders. <laughs> so they find this. They find this car. But oh, they, wait, what, what, what about when Connie uh, is telling him, you, you know, I want you to use me as an alibi. Um, they would, they won't expect it because, and then, uh, uh, oh, and then Preacher goes, no, they might because we're friends. And she, and Connie goes, no, we're not friends. We're friendly. Yeah. Yeah, She's like, we're friendly. (laughs) We're friendly. They're not going to think I would help you. (laughs) Thanks for drawing that line in the sand there. Okay. So they find Wes's body, but it turns out that he was wanted now so his partner whoever his partner was and whatever scheme he was doing because west was a cop in florida yeah turns him in and so now he's just he was a he's a wanted guy and he's a bad guy so there they don't have the resources to look for the killer right like it it turns out that the florida police really wouldn't have uh, suspected anyone there killed him because they're like oh he's a dirty cop he got himself killed yeah he got himself well they don't find his body though they just find the truck, right? No, they find his uh, body. They find Wes's body. Yeah. Wes's body is out there. But Preacher's like, okay, good. He's a no dirty resources. cop. There's no resources. There's no resources. They're not yeah. really going to look for a killer. So I'm good. Until. He sees, Preacher sees somebody who looks exactly like Wes. Dressed exactly like Wes. Hair exactly like Wes. Everything exactly. Facial hair exactly like Wes walking out of the Jack's bar and he thinks what is that did I see a ghost we don't know what it is but we guessed of course it would be twins <laughs> and twins so we see that and we're like okay well now he's not completely out of the woods yeah well it's so weird too and frustrating cuz it's like if you want to do the twin thing i don't hate it like that's fine but it's like so bizarre that you would not have the actor be like, here, can you cut your hair or can you carry yourself a little bit differently or something? Instead, it's just like the actor in the same wardrobe. He's like, oh, I went to lunch and then I came back and now I'm Victor instead of Wes. It's like, yeah. try a little bit harder for me. Like, please. I mean, it's still creepy to see somebody with the same face, but like a little bit of like, this could be a different person. This was as soapy as this show has gotten. Yeah. And it might be for me leaning too much towards goofy soapiness. Yeah. The twin thing is hard. I, yeah. Listen, Virgin River is a perfect show, but 
I really don't like this because it's unnecessary because what you have now is so uh, uh, Wes's brother is there and he's basically like, I'm going to find Paige and I'm going to kill her and my nephew, you know, whatever. You're basically just like back to the, the, the place where Wes was. Where he's the same guy, the exact same guy. With the same intent. And you could have filled that role with just another actor playing Wes's cop friend. You know, like I think you save that, you get one bullet of using the twin storyline. And you should use it when it's an iconic character who you really want that actor to stay on the show. And so he dies and you, or she dies and you do the twin thing. But... You're blowing that on Wes. It's like this guy was in one episode. Might be a great actor. Who knows? But we don't care about seeing this guy ever again. So it's just a total waste of your twin plot. Yeah. You can never do a twin. We can never meet Charmaine's twin. Right. (laughs) And that's because you blew it on Victor and Wes. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's so unnecessary. Like I get wanting to have this threat for Preacher... But it could have just been a different actor playing his friend and it serves the same exact part. All you got out of it was that one uh, uh, moment of confusion when he sees the same guy. But then we all assumed it's... We all thought it was twin immediately. It's one of two bad options. He's seeing things or it's a twin. Neither of those options are good. Well, the thing is you have him see the twin... That doesn't spur him to do anything differently. He's still farming and he's still feeding the town of Virgin River and like nothing changes. So it's like, yeah, he could just be his brother who is not his twin could or anything else. Like having somebody come into town and start asking questions about Wes is like menacing. Yes. It is scary no matter what. And the twin thing, it just is like so unnecessary and a hat on a hat and it makes everything a, so much more goofy. Yes. Like I think this kills this storyline mm-hmm. because it will only ever feel silly mm-hmm. when this still could have felt very threatening. And then it gets worse for Preacher because <laughs> he was going to, after Jack said, yeah, maybe I don't want to cut my best friend who holds this whole operation together while I'm all, ga- all gallivanting around. I don't want to cut him in for half, so I don't know. Preacher's like, okay, well, I took my shot. I'm going to go and live in San Francisco and pursue a very beautiful woman mm-hmm. who does not have what it seems from what we know, the sort of level of baggage that Paige had. But speaking of Paige and baggage... Paige's sister shows up in Preacher's driveway with Paige's son who runs into Preacher's arms and says, Preacher, can I stay with you? And Preacher, of course, says, yes, of course you can because Preacher is a great guy. Now we're all screaming, no, no, don't do (laughs) it. Send him back, Preacher. Send him back. So this is totally cutting Preacher off Uh, at the knees for any happy life he could possibly have in a place away from Virgin River where he's not being respected by his his uh his boss he's he's uh trying to get away from a crazy person Connie who still wants to do the alibi thing even though he doesn't (laughs) need it anymore (laughs) so I just this sucks because I think Preacher's probably my favorite of the characters other than our like two main leads Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to see him suffering like this and getting such a raw deal 
Yeah. Well, it's like also, I think... I mean, Charmaine's getting fucked too. Like, I mean, Charmaine I, is... I mean, it's psychological torture, but other but, than Charmaine... But Charmaine ends in such a good place where yes. Charmaine... I, I mean, Charmaine kind of has the best outlook for the this, next season. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's also... I just feel like you knew that Paige was going to come back. And I also just don't ever feel like that was like a super... Her dependence on Preacher was never super earned. And it never felt like they had that strong of a bond. So then when she pulls shit like this, when she like asks him to dispose of her husband's body, when she sends her son to live with him, like it seems like her taking advantage. Like they don't have that relationship. Like Preacher's a really good guy and Preacher likes Paige, but like you needed to build up that relationship more. So then when she sends the son, you understand that was her only chance or her only choice, but now it's like, I don't know, have him live with her, your sister. Like, it's so... I, I just hate it so much, because it, it makes me really despise Paige. Yeah. And it's like, I get that she, like, had a raw deal and stuff, but it just makes her seem, like, not for, obviously, being in an abusive relationship, like, that can happen to anybody, but, like, all of her decisions post that, I'm like, none of these make sense. Yeah. All of these are stupid, and it makes me feel like you are not a... You're not a good character, and you're not a good person, because you are incapable of making good decisions. Yeah, she's just an agent of chaos in people's lives. She never really brought anything to the table with Preacher that was positive. Right, like, I think we needed to see more of them being, like, together and happy or something to then you feel when she leaves or you understand why she felt so strongly for him. But, like, they never got that. And Preacher and the Kid, the Preacher and the Kid, I don't feel like ever had any super strong bond that I remember. Mm. I mean, maybe I just, like, that... Kids in romance, kids in anything, really. I, I'm like not super interested. So he could have maybe had a scene that was really poignant with the son last season, but I don't remember it because I was probably like, next. Right. And, Let's and, see Jack. Let's see Mal. And definitely not enough for like, oh, this is my life now. Yeah. I have a son now. I have a son. Yeah. I felt so bad for Preacher. And it seems like he just is in a spot where I don't know how he gets out of this. And if anyway, so it's so funny, Jack doesn't want two biological kids, (laughs) but Preacher is fully embracing a child he barely knows. Right. And it shows like, okay, so Jack's our lead character (laughs) and Preacher's a side character, but his morality is so much stronger. Preacher yeah. will 100% end up spending more time raising Jack's twins <laughs> yeah. than Jack will. And Jack will not consider him a partner in that <laughs> at know, all. You know what's going to happen when Jack figures out, well, you know, if Jack survives. If Jack finds out that Preacher has to take care of the that kid, he's going to think, well, is this going to mean you can't babysit the twins? Like, <laughs> how does this affect me and, and, and somebody taking care of my kids? You know, because they're such close buddies. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that's a bummer for, for, for Preacher. I'm like really upset about it. Well, it's also it's like obviously to continue to watch a TV show, like we need people to be in constant conflict. So it's yeah. like, I get that that's what we need from Preacher. But I feel like this is like almost like really low hanging fruit. And it's like maybe if you didn't blow the twin thing and maybe if there was more of a menacing like he could be arrested or he has to go underground because people are looking for him or something as opposed to just like Paige shows up and dumps a kid on him. I don't, It just feels like... 
I, it just pulls all the steam out of like what I think was like a good arc that he was having. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got that within, here's our last couple, Mm -hmm. Doc and Hope. Mm -hmm. And where we left them at the end of our last episode was that, what what was her name again? I can't remember. Um, Uh, Muriel. Muriel. They were in the love triangle. I think the last episode we covered on the first part of this was the dance off. Was the dance off uh, where Hope stormed in. Grab the instructor, dance with him, stormed out. Yeah. And we thought, the mayor, (laughs) we thought that this would be something that kept going till the end of the season where it'd be, will they, won't they love triangle with the three of them? Mm -hmm. Well, in the sixth episode, Doc says, me and Hope are getting back together. Sorry. And so Muriel is then put on the sidelines. But she does say to Hope, when Hope comes and brings over a, I think, a pie, a gloating pie, <laughs> and says, you know, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And she says, Muriel says, fine, uh, that's okay. I'm just going to be waiting here when you mess up, mm-hmm. putting hope in her place. So then they are getting back together. There's a whole episode where Doc wants Hope to make a lasagna, and Hope says, it's going to take six hours. Which is insane. Lasagna does not take six hours. Well, I guess she's making her... Well, she has to also get into everybody else's business at the same time. So that might take six hours. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, everything involves putting her nose where it doesn't belong. She's got to run into every club meeting. (laughs) And uh, I guess do some mayoral stuff. No, No. not really. We've never even seen her office. Does she have an office? I don't know. As far as we know, she works out of her home. Her rose garden. Yeah. I don't know where else she works out of. The the only mayoral thing we saw her do this year was briefly speak at that town outdoor festival picnic. She emceed the egg race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which we all know is what a mayor does. (laughs) (laughs) So they're having... They're just having their like basic domestic squirrels, um, their squabbles and stuff, right? But then what happens is Doc is being kind of cagey about where he's going. He's going to go to Seattle for something. Turns out Muriel's going to be in Seattle too. So she thinks, oh, okay, that, that he might be cheating on her. But what it actually turns out to be is that. Muriel knows somebody who resets old jewelry. And so he gets their, their um, what is it? Um, engagement, engagement ring. Engagement ring reset. And they got to, him and Muriel go out to lunch because he wants to thank her for it. Well, she listens to, Hope listens to his voicemail. Here's Muriel say, I'll bring, I'll bring the wine to the, the lunch. And is like, okay, he's having an affair. So Hope walks in to Doc, his house, and he has the that scene that you only see in TV shows when you have every PA lighting <laughs> the candles just for twenty five minutes. For just me. yeah, that could just yeah everything could oh. go up like a tinderbox. And they all live in wooden cabins. Yeah. So it, it, it yeah. Um. And so there's all these candles and like I think there was probably flowers and rose petals and stuff. I'm assuming, but there was a lot of candles. And he sits hope down and he's and he's 
going to ask her to remarry him or continue to marry mm-hmm. to be married to him. And she doesn't put two and two together that maybe the Muriel thing has to do with this, possibly. No, she thinks uh, he cheated right before this because she plays the voicemail of Muriel saying, I'll meet you at lunch. And then she storms out. <laughs> and it's like, he, why would he do... He would have to be a sicko to have sex with... That would with, be Jack-level. Yeah, that's Jack-level psychotic gaslighting. But what we did... But that is what Hope expects out of the people of this mm-hmm. town. But also, though, you did, Pat, have a good point because we totally forgot... Aaron f- remembered this. Oh, Aaron remembered this. Sorry, Aaron remembered this. That Doc did cheat on Hope, and that was the reason why they weren't together. She could never forgive him because she felt betrayed. And I guess that plays into this. But she's got to she's got to not just storm out. Right. But then they do they do reconcile. He explains, you know, everything's okay until they are talking about having a party for their, I guess, what would it be? It's like a reception. The re- reception for the re-engagement. And Hope usually doesn't like big things, but for some reason she's like, let's do it. And I guess they're walking into her, are they walking into her house or yeah, his house? her house. Her house. And Doc's been acting weird lately because in a, in, a, in a few episodes before that, he was like screaming at Mel for no reason he, we were seeing him kind of like touching his head and just acting kind of weird. I assumed that it was because he ate the beet salad. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out that he went to a doctor and something's wrong, but we don't get to hear what it is because when they, she opens the door, it's a surprise party for them and we don't get to hear what's wrong with Doc. And I'm telling you, it's making me crazy. Because, <laughs> You're going to be up all night. Well, because this just is... Just looking stuff up. What could Doc have? Well, Are I you going to be DMing to Mathis and be like, do you know what it yeah, is? Yeah, do you know what it is? <laughs> do I have it? Because this is what I do with my life. I just look up different things that I'm feeling and seeing what the diseases could be. So now I'm just like, could I have just gotten a nugget as to like what his actual symptoms were? Because maybe I have the same thing that Doc has. And so then I'll be able to know, oh, is this really serious or is this not serious? But like, is it cancer? Is it neurological? Is it nothing? Like, is it like like he was definitely setting it up as to that be? It was going to be a big thing, and and him wanting the wanting them to have a big party and really make this official could have something to do with him not thinking he has much time. Oh, oh and no. I don't want to even think about that. God, I mean, okay, that's the thing. That, again, this is a perfect show. I love it. Mm -hmm. But I am not feeling as hopeful going into season three as I felt like I was going into this. Where, like, I get they all have to have conflicts and problems. But, like, we're ending this season with Jack is shot. Mm -hmm. Preacher is giving up his dream going, you know, going to the big city to be in a restaurant. Instead, he's now saddled with a child that he's met a couple of times <laughs> and uh he's got the uh brother of a police officer a- after him for murder and then you've got doc is going to be sick yeah like i think that's the big one i don't want to see an older character be sick 
Yeah, I don't want to see... Like, I don't want this to be, you know, like uh, uh, a moor in Virgin Ye- River. I don't want Hope to have to put a pillow over Doc's oh. face. Oh, my God. Well, that's the thing I think that we love about Virgin River, too, is it does a really good job of being a little bit silly, having lighthearted stories, also having stories with a bit of weight to them and sort of that balance. And I feel like... I feel like the first five episodes of the season were super strong and yeah. great. And then six through 10, like did lose a little something, like something wasn't quite the same. And I don't know if it's just, they were rushing to a finish or something, but it felt like they were just, you know, whatever we're learning the tropes. It felt like they were just doing whatever the most obvious trope was where it's like, what's, Oh, we need conflict. Somebody will be sick. We need conflict. Okay. Well, somebody thinks that they're cheating on someone. And it just felt like, None of it felt organic and it didn't feel like as character driven as the first five episodes. And I think that's the thing that was a little bit disappointing. Still great. Still loved it. Still watched every episode with joy. But I think that's the thing that we were frustrated about the twin thing and Doc's sick and Jack gets shot and And all these things. too much Lizzie and and Ricky and they being sort of such a basic plot. Yeah. And they're the only ones that have a hopeful ending really this season and they're the most boring and also they're the youngest and most stereotypical what i love about virgin river is that doc and hope are older they're mature they i want to see they're horny and they're active they are people who are in what some people would think are is the twilight of their their years Mm -hmm. but they are still active they're still like hopes out there getting her fucking nose into everybody's business. Doc is helping the town and doing all this stuff. He's he's madly in love with Hope. I don't want to see him sick. I want to no. see him capable because yes, older people get sick, younger people get sick, people get sick. Let Ricky get sick. But let Ricky get sick. Yes. Let Hashtag- Ricky get shot. Rick, this the hashtag series, let Ricky get sick. <laughs> yeah. Instead of anything happening to Doc Jack or Preacher, the season should have ended with. Ricky gets shot. Ricky gets sick. <laughs> Ricky gets saddled with, with a the baby, yeah. and the cops are after Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, and everyone else is like making lasagna and going to egg races. And then Charmaine comes in and slaps Ricky in the face for no reason, yes. but he earned it because he's he's part, part of, of the it. problem. Yeah, he's yeah. part of the yeah. Right. Like, yeah, the only hopeful one is just that, like, this 18 and 19 year olds are going to sneak around, which is like, I'm bored and I don't care. And it's bizarre that they feel like they should be this way. Yeah. Yeah. I hope this isn't. And God, maybe the them watching Stranger Things is a bad sign for the future of the series. I hope this isn't Netflix meddling and saying we need to get younger. We need the cast to be younger. So let's get rid of Doc and Hope. You know, let, let's move on, and it's got to be. I want Ricky, and I want Lizzie. That's no. insane. That would be psycho- that would be awful. I, but there's, there's some bad signs, like the Stranger Things footage. To me, is a is sort of a tell where Netflix saying this is what we want. We want the young stars. We want Wolfhard. Feingard. What's the guy's name for Stranger Things? <laughs> no, he Clayton knows. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking the about. Actor um, on Stranger yeah, things. his last name is Wolfhard, but I can't Finn remember. Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Oh, we want film Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard, that's disgusting. We yeah, but that's Finn not Wolfhard. even. We want uh the girl from Stranger Things. You know who I'm talking about. Clayton knows who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, number but, seven. But Netflix Millie is Bobby saying Brown? Millie yeah. Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard. That's who we want on this show. We don't want uh, the older actors. I, I hope that's not the case. 
So you think instead of Tim Matheson directing more episodes, they're going to get Finn Wolfhard to Finn start Wolfhard directing. Finn Wolfhard to direct an all Ricky and Lizzie episode. episode. Oh, who cares? But the thing with that is like they I, maybe they do want that. Maybe they want their next hot, young, uh, casted Netflix show to be able to have characters watching Virgin River oh, and watching I- Lizzie and Ricky on the screen. Uh, I mean, I hope not. Listen, if that's the way they're going, they're... They've lost three fans. Yes, yes. Three super fans. Three super fans. Yeah. Listen, they haven't lost us yet, but they got to... They got to get rid of Ricky and Lizzie. Listen, we're their base. Yeah. Yeah, just three people (laughs) in their mid to late 30s. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they need to... Yeah, they need to do a quick... 180 in yeah. order to get out of like these these last four episodes were just not great but you know what i have faith obviously the kayaking like, episode was still cool yeah i mean charmaine's speech was amazing yeah that's yeah. So, so there's awesome. always bits of gold and everything but it's just yeah the way that a few of these storylines are going i'm not excited about but we are invested and that's the thing is like we're really i am really sad about doc and i don't even know what he has yet <laughs> and it's making me sad because he's such a like I grew to love him. He was such a curmudgeon when we first met him in the first episode. I didn't think I was going to like him. And now I'm really, really worried for him. Yeah. We need to go back and watch it from the beginning. It's going to be so weird to see those characters introduced. I know, but I think we need to do it. All right, I'm in. Yeah, Yeah, I'll do it. But we also had, I think, at the end of this season, a little bit of a steamier scene between Mel. Oh, yeah, that was great. They they straight up fucked on a on a bearskin rug. And and we saw a little bit more skin than we did Mm -hmm. when we before. I mean, I'd say shirts were off, bras were off. Here's what I'm saying: instead of going younger, just make the cast nakeder. Yeah, like I would, I would want more nudity, but no, not anybody younger. I don't need it to go down in age. Right, right. Let's get a Doc and Hope nude scene. Why not? Oh, yeah. that would be great. Like, it why better- not? But honestly, like, why not? Like, it's. I'm not even joking, but it is like more interesting just to see like older people in love and older people being sexual with each other. I think what Virgin River has. Other shows don't, mm-hmm. and if they move towards what other shows have, they're losing the essence of what makes this show great. Right, right. It's like stay to the things that make you great, and like obviously you have to build on it, you have to change, you have to like make things more interesting, but you don't lose sight of like what the show is really about and like the core and why people come to it. And add new characters. The retro, the restaurant tour woman mm-hmm. is Connie. A, Connie, a, a, Connie, yeah, Muriel, yeah. Like they're all. Well, Connie, I mean, Connie was there last season, but I yeah. just don't think she was a prominent. Uh, well, anyone who like has grown more. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I think these and, are- and Muriel bringing her in again, she's older and she worked so well as like the sex pot other mm-hmm. woman. Yes, absolutely. And she she was a one note character at first that then once she started hanging out with Doc and we got to see more of her personality, I was rooting for her. I was like, yeah. you know what? It wouldn't be bad if Doc and her ended up together. Right. This would not be the the worst thing in the world for either of them. So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, we're on board. Season three cannot come fast enough. Oh, for sure. I really wish they would have shot them back to back. Like it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They just never stop shooting Virgin River. It's just 365. Yeah. COVID protocol be damned. I mean, mm-hmm. I want everybody to be safe, but I mean, there's some things that are very important. That is getting a new season out <laughs> every 
four to six months. <laughs> Even that, I'm just I'm giving them a lot of leeway because I mm-hmm. I want to I want to watch the the next season tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all a little wary about where it's going to go, but we're also excited mm-hmm. and we can't wait. I think I think our main thing is what the suggestions that we are giving Netflix and Virgin River is don't age them down. No. If anything, add new characters, but stay in that age range. We want 40 and over. Yeah. Or or mid mid thirties and up. Yeah, but definitely no no, you know, CW stars. No. And uh don't make Doc be sick. Yeah, make it be a false alarm. Yeah. And uh and also I don't know if she's gonna stay in Virgin River, but we gotta see Charmaine's continuation i want charmaine well you know as as jack said i'd like to see her find a husband yes it would be great if next season what they do is it's just like normal virgin river people hiding from pot farms egg races da 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 da. and then we just have one episode that is just charmaine in portland we just see it's like a short film it's 40 minutes of just her life now with the twins that would be amazing. I would love it. That would be amazing. Yeah, episode six. Mm-hmm. Episode six should be Charmaine's story, shot completely differently, <laughs> black and white. Shot like that with an indie sensibility. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. like oh, yeah. I get Linklater. Get Linklater. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> get Linklater to have the twin story into the future, like Boyhood. We see the twins grow up. We they, see Charmaine. Linklater's actually been filming these twins since <laughs> uh, the 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's got an entire episode uh, of their whole life. He's got, a, he's got a cradle to death. Yeah. Cradle to the grave episode of Virgin River. So these shot. twins we've, we've only heard about that aren't even born yet are already, the actors who play them are already dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that that would be really fun. You know, whatever. But yeah, I think... Stick to the things that make Virgin River great. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we did it. We did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, Aaron, where can they find us? So email us your predictions for season three, what you liked, what you didn't like. You know, what is Charmaine's life in Portland? Just send us a short story. Um, to <laughs> <laughs> to learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at learning tropes, on Instagram at learning the tropes. Uh, we have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop. And then finally, we have merch that is in the show notes below. Click the link. Um, uh, and finally, uh, Learning the Tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media backslash podcast. 